blast from our past network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown. Your hosts, Adam and John Spees. Welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown, a no holds bar trivia match between two contenders fighting for nostalgic glory. I'm your host, Adam Spees. I'm your host, John Spees. And we are continuing this bout in the 2023 tournament round of 16. This is our last episode for the round of 16. But which one of these badass trivia boys is going to take the win and continue in our tournament? In one corner, this reigning champ is a powerful healer due to the large number of curative magics available to him. That's why this D&D daddy is nicknamed Eric the Cleric Eed. Hey, Eric. Welcome back to the show. Hi. Uh, you, you went with the first name this time, so I was, I was happy. Always go with Eed, so might as well yeah. switch it up. So uh, remind everybody or a little bit about yourself. Uh, I'm from not Canada. Uh, close. <laughs> Buffalo, New York. Could have sworn. Um, <laughs> um, I, uh, I'm a nurse. I don't know if I've ever said that. I, I'm starting to say it. I was just on an episode of Triviality. Probably won't be out for whatever. Um, so I'm a nurse. I work in a cancer, cancer hospital. Um, it's my the thing I've always wanted to do. So finally made my uh, my spot where I'm going to be. So, yeah. Well, as, as someone, and I know Adam will, will echo this, as someone who had to watch uh, actually multiple people go through uh, the bouts of cancer, we absolutely appreciate you and everything you do. It's it's not easy. It's not an easy job, but I love whatever I can do when I have patient interaction to distract them from the, the just the nonsense, disgustingness that it is. I mm-hmm. try to do my best. So, all right, appreciate it. All right, and your opponent for today, he's a miscreant, rapscallion, and rogue. He's a scallywag, scamp, and scoundrel. But will he swindle the champ from his reign? It's Dave the Knave Brown. Hey, Dave, welcome to the show for your first time doing an official regular style episode. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, looking forward to trying to take down the champ here. Yeah, you know, dethrone Buster the man. Douglas style. <laughs> Love so. it. Uh, let everybody know a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, my name's uh, Dave Brown. I live in the Minneapolis area of uh, Minnesota, where it's also nice and cold. And uh, I work as a sommelier at a restaurant in the area. Hence the I do. sweet bottles behind you. Yep, there's uh, some good stuff in there. I think the most expensive one I'll sell it to you for about nine grand, but <laughs> and then um, I do part-time uh, auto mechanic. So just to just to case one thing doesn't lead to the other, <laughs> one thing doesn't work out, I got something to fall back yeah. on. I, mean, I wonder if you can mix and match them somehow. Well, drinking and driving probably not good to mix alcohol and yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't mean that. I mean drinking and fixing cars maybe. Yeah. So. I don't no, don't do, don't do that either. Oh, don't do I don't think with a drunk either. mechanic fixing your car either. <laughs> They're very different things. Yeah, they should not mix. They're like oil and water. So, Dave, I will say as someone who went to culinary school, I absolutely appreciate what you do because I've tried and the whole sommelier thing is much more difficult than people give it credit for. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is. I, I don't I don't know. Yeah, it is. It is. I don't th- I just, still just take the compliment, Dave. Just take. Okay. <laughs> I said, thanks. I still think I'm a fake a lot of times. I'm like, I think everyone like, hey. suffers from imposter syndrome a yeah. lot. Well, uh, Mr. Man with the, the wonderful tongue, I want to know what uh, your tasting notes are on, on our rules. That was, that was one of my worst, <laughs> one of so my bad. worst ones. I'm sorry, that was awful. But you know what? 
It got us there. You tried to get there on the fly. I get it. Entering the ring are two contestants who will engage in three rounds of head-to-head trivia. Here are the rules. Round one consists of 10 questions in different pop culture categories focused on a decade that will be randomized. If you answer incorrectly, your opponent has the chance to steal. And the categories are movies, music, television, toys and games, sports, fashion, slang, news and politics, literature, and food. Round two consists of the same 10 categories, but this time your opponent gets to pick your category. Each correct answer gives you 10 points. In the final round, you may bid up to as many points as you've earned before answering the final two questions. The categories for the final questions will be picked by the contestants, but the decade will again be randomized from those remaining. You must get both answers correct to earn your wager. Now it's time for a takedown. All right, now that we know the rules of our little show, I want to get to know Eric and Dave just a little bit better. And I don't know how you guys feel about, you know, Dave, you've probably eaten at some fantastic restaurants being a sommelier and things like that. Um, But uh, today I want to talk about fast food. And I want to know what is your single favorite fast food item. So you can't tell me like an entire menu or, you know, restaurant. I want to know what is the single item that you want to pick. Done. Okay. (laughs) Easily. Just sorry. I'll go. Come on out. What is it? All right. Um, so it was a toss up, but it, the, the more I think about it, it's not a toss up. It was like Chick-fil-A nuggets or the frosted lemonade from Chick-fil-A. But the frosted lemonade from Chick-fil-A, I was hesitant when my friend told me to ha- try it for the first time. I did. And any time I go there, it has to be had. They can tell me they're out of nuggets. That's I'd still be OK. The frosted lemonade at Chick-fil-A easily. OK, um, that's a good one. For me, it's we're going to Taco Bell. That's. That's where we're going to be ending up. And this basically it's narrowed down the thing on the menu because because uh, they all taste the same. They all taste <laughs> the same, but it's like how you want to go after it. So if uh, <laughs> like if I'm in the car driving, I got to go burrito because it's easy to hold. But if I'm going into the actual place, I got to go with the taco. So uh, I'm going to go old school. They don't even make it anymore. But my favorite thing was the double decker taco supreme where it was the you wrap the Mm-hmm. The soft tortilla on the hard shell with the bean, and they got rid of it. It was part of me died because my childhood mm-hmm. oh, died yeah. with it. So I was like, oh, yeah. "It's over." But that's that's me. I mean, this can be fairly tough because I am a Chick Fil A fan, being from Georgia, and as is Chick Fil A, and Taco Bell is one of an all time favorites as well for me. But the problem with the double decker is it's got tomato. You said the double decker supreme. If you would have stopped at double decker. I'm not a to- I'm not a tomato man, but it does have the sour cream, and I like sour cream. That's what you got to have. That's why you got to go supreme. You need the sour cream. You need sour cream, and then maybe I just scrape off the tomatoes. But Eric, you went with lemonade. I've never even had their frozen lemonade because I don't give a crap about lemonade. So this is an easyish one for me. I got to go with the double decker because I too miss the double decker. Those refried beans, the way mm-hmm. it just it just coated and hugged the hard shell with the soft. It was it was best of both worlds. So I'm sorry, I got to go, uh, Dave. You're gonna pick first. Yeah, you had to get it. Got to be fresh. You got to eat it the first thing too. Yeah, because it's too beans, soggy. Those, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those beans start sogging up that. Yep. <laughs> like it's it's the fast plow. Increase the fast plow. Yeah, that's how I live my my life anyway. Fast plow. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Moving uh, on. Uh, Dave, what category do you want to take? Um, I'm gonna go with uh, sports and try to take it off the board here. Nice. I like your methodology. And we will start the game in the 2000s. 
Okay. What team became the first Major League Baseball franchise located outside of the United States? In 2004, the franchise relocated to Washington, D.C. and became the Nationals. Um, so I think, I think I know this because, uh, I think this is how I won my, this was the answer to my, the winning question for my play-in round. And it was the Montreal Expos was my answer. And I said, thank you, Benchwarmers, for trivia podcast for that. So I'm going to go with the Montreal Expos again. It's funny. Yes, it is another Montreal Expos answer. And it's funny that you got that one last time, but it wasn't the exact same question, but slightly different. That podcast you mentioned is trash. <laughs> very bad. All the hosts on there are very horrible. Yep. I, there's one particular. He's got a Peter Dinklage cutout. It's just, mm-hmm. a, I guess. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Is that David Lux? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Our, I'm putting Marcus, Marcus yeah. Ellis. So. Uh, uh, Dave, what's in the glass? It looks like a, it's a white, obviously. Is it a Chardonnay? Is it something different? Uh, it is a uh, Riesling. So. Riesling? Oh, so sweet. Uh, actually, it's dry on this one. Ah, okay. uh, is it German? Donhoft, yep, Donhof Tonschäfer Riesling from the Na Valley. So it's dry Riesling, so it's really good for food. Nice. If anybody, don't knock Riesling out there, folks. It's my favorite. Not all sweet. It's, it's my favorite. Dry reasons go with uh, one quick sommelier tip, a cop-out pairing for sommeliers. If they, wanna, if they really want to not really work too hard, either pair bubbles with it or pair reasoning with it. <laughs> and it always works. <laughs> so Noted. Okay. All right, Eric, what category do you want to go to? Uh, toys and games, toys sir. And, games. and your decade is the 90s. It's not wizardry. In the early 90s, what doll from Tycho would sit on the included plastic toilet and children watched in amazement as it would fill with yellow liquid and then they flush the pretend urine away? Magic Potty Baby. Magic Potty Baby is correct. You know some of the weirdest toys, man. I, I swear, I'm not, and it's all the the, the doll. I have, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> Magic that's, potty. That's a good baby. one. I was like, yeah. Oh man. Oh, it's weird. All right, <laughs> Dave. We are back to you. Um, let's see here. Uh, let's go food. Okay. And it is the '70s. Hey. Can you get me one of those chocolate bars that came out in 1978? You know, the ones with the peanut butter crisp and a thin layer of caramel? Yeah, that one. The one that goes by Special Crisp in Canada. Um, peanut butter crisp with caramel. Ooh. Hopefully this is it. That's the only one I can think of. I don't like peanut butter flavor, but I do love a whatchamacallit for some reason. And that I think has peanut butter crisp with caramel, so I'm gonna guess whatchamacallit. Whatchamacallit is correct. Whatchamacallit. And that was a question by Ian Schultz. Thank you, Ian, for putting that one in. I had one today. Oh, uh, they're good. They're solid. They're really good. I like I said, I'm like peanut butter, or whatever, but like <laughs> the, the, it's like the good amount of chocolate, the caramel versus the yep. peanuts not like overpowering yeah. everything. All right, Eric, we're back to you. TV. And your decade is the 90s. 
also known as the Simpsons Halloween Specials. What is the name given to the series of Halloween-themed Simpson episodes that began in 1990? Treehouse of Horrors. Treehouse of Horror is correct. We are doing well. Back to Mr. Brown. Um, I'm just going to go movies. <laughs> All right. We're staying in the 90s. Okay. Thank God. <laughs> and we've got a question from Simon Hood. Thank you, Simon. We thought he was big in the 80s. However, this actor was really running hot in the 90s when he played characters such as Andrew Beckett, Captain John Miller, and Jim Lovell. He was nominated for Best Actor at the Oscars for two of these roles, winning one of them. Uh, who was a uh, national treasure, uh, Tom Hanks. <laughs> Tommy Hanks is correct. All right. Doing well. Nothing missed yet. Mr. Ede. Music. It's the 70s. And we've got a question from Jackie LaFave. Thank you, Jackie. Who wrote the song for Clio, for the Clio award-winning classic commercial jingle, I Am Stuck on Band-Aid, which made its television debut in the 70s? But this catchy tune, uh, which makes the whole world sing, rem remains one of the most recognized jingles in advertising history. Oh, it is. All right. So there's a running joke at my work currently that I killed this man off because every time he, he comes up, I'm pretty sure it's him. Um, I, I I thought he was dead, but I guess he's not. Um, I think it's Barry Manilow. Barry Manilow is correct. <laughs> is correct. He writes the songs that make the whole world sing. One of the darkest songs ever is Copacabana by Barry Manilow. <laughs> if you actually ever listen yeah. to the lyrics of it. Yeah, it's I definitely have scary. not. <laughs> oh, like it's because it's, it's like at the Copa, uh, hey Copa. Copa, Copa. If you actually listen to the lyrics and the story, it's very dark. Nice. Like the very last line, it's about falling into alcoholism and never getting over the past love. Like literally, like the last verse, you're like, but then it goes, but hey, at the Copa. <laughs> yeah, I love it. That's like the song uh, "You Are My Sunshine." The chorus yeah. is very uh, uh, uplifting, but the verses are very depressing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, ooh, I'm gonna go slang. Do slang. All right. And we're doing the 70s again. Okay. CB is one of the forgotten fads of the 70s. What CB radio code was a way for truckers to say, okay, friend. Eventually it caught on in movies and music, and everybody was using it. Okay, friend. I'm just going to say 10-4, good buddy. 10-4, good buddy, is correct. Going well. All right. Moving along. Eid, what you want? Uh, news and politics. Okay. <laughs> it's the 70s again. Wow. Okay. A gift from the Chinese government. Sing Sing and Ling Ling became instant celebrities in 1972. They were given as a gesture of friendship for, for, for President Richard Nixon for his efforts in opening U.S. relations with China. What were Sing Sing and Ling Ling? Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess pandas. Giant pandas is correct. Nice. All right, Dave, you got fashion and you've got literature. Which one's coming at you? Uh, neither. <laughs> one of them Obviously. one of them is going to 
Uh, I'll go fashion. Okay. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> I know. It's like, <laughs> oof. Uh, your decade is the 90s. Wow, okay. All right. All right. Zubas. No. <laughs> In 1994 in the UK, what brand of underwire support garment achieved a high profile for its racy Hello Boys campaign? The most famous poster presented model Ava Herzegovina, or Herzegova, uh, while gazing down at her breasts with the caption, Hello Boys, addressing male admirers. An urban myth attributed a number of car accidents uh, to drivers being distracted by the advertisements. You need to, you're looking for the name of the... Yeah, uh, the name the of the name. brand. Yep. Name of the brand. Yeah, the brand or item. Yes, I'll, I'll take. Yes, it's probably the same thing. I don't really know, but I mean, obviously, she's looking down at something. I'm guessing they're getting. I know the push-up bra is something, so I'm uh I'm gonna go with the push-up bra. The push-up bra is incorrect. Eric, I need you to. St- I need you to steal. <laughs> Can you steal? <laughs> Apparently, you have me in your bracket. Um, you need me. Um, uh, it's not a push-up bra. It's probably. Is it a Wonder Bra? Wonder Bra is the brand. Is uh, the brand. So it was Wonder Bra. Wonder Bra. I don't know if that's a thing, but it feels like it should have been a superhero. Getting the steal, and we're gonna end things with literature. And it is the 50s. Out of the 85 best-selling nonfiction books of the 50s, amazingly, eight were books that were authored and printed under the label of what popular domestic magazine? Reader's Digest. Reader's Digest is incorrect. Dave, can you steal? Um, can you read the second half? I said eight out of the however many was were published by what? Sure. Eight of the books were authored and printed under the label of what popular domestic magazine? Um, let me think here. I just can't think of people, Koopa. time, Cosmo. I mean, like... Koopa, Koopana. It just that... gets stuck in your head <sighs> like a something. <laughs> it does. What year was the... Did you say the year? Uh, I just said uh, of the 50s. So oh, the out 50s. of the okay, 85 yeah. best-selling nonfiction books of the 50s. I'm going to just, I'm going to guess time. Time is not on your side. Uh, it is not time. It is better homes and gardens. Oh, wow. Homes and gardens. <laughs> okay. I don't like that. <laughs> All right. All right. That is the end of round one. John, where do we stand? All right, well, we got a close one going here. Eric's got 50, and Dave's got 40. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We got a nice close one here. And uh, let's get things started in round two. All right, as Dave went first in round one, Eric, you get to pick for Dave to start off round two. Uh, He can have literature. Uh, (laughs) Y'all are not fans. You're getting fashion. coming. (laughs) Well, first, you're going to have to answer a literature question from the 2000s. Okay. All right. All right. There have been five main Robins in the DC comic universe. Dick Grayson, 
Jason Todd, Tim Drake, Stephanie Brown, and what character, who was the son of Batman and Talia al Ghul, and first appeared in Batman number 655 from September 2006? That's not a big comic book guy, but I think I've gone down this Wikipedia rabbit hole once. And I'm going to say that's, I think it's either Damien or Damon, but I'm going to say, like it's like D-A-M-I-E-N, so is that Damien, Damon, Wayne, Wayne? Damian Wayne is correct. All right, good pull. And do I even need to ask what you're going to be giving Eric? You kind of already fashion, said. fashion. <laughs> yes, sir. From the fifties. Come on. <laughs> uh, sorry, it is also from the two thousands. Ah. What Swedish-based clothing retailer began in 1947? But the opening of its first U.S. store in March 2000 marked the start of its expansion outside of Europe. It focuses on fast fashion clothing for women, men, teenagers, and children. Currently, with only two letters, it is the second largest international clothing retailer. Read that one more time. Mm -hmm. What Swedish-based clothing retailer began in 1947, but the opening of its first U.S. store in March 2000 marked the start of its expansion outside of Europe. It focuses on fast fashion clothing for women, men, teenagers, and children. Currently, with only two letters, it is the second largest international clothing retailer. H&M. H&M is correct. Nice. Good job. All right. Well, what do what you want to stand give? for? It, I, I, you know what? I should have written that down because I looked it up and I forgot to add to it. Uh, it's the, the H stands for, I think it was one of the people who started it, but M or something. No, no, no. H stands for some word and I can't remember. And now I'm just sound like an idiot. Uh, and then M they, they, they merged with another company (laughs) and the M stands for another word, (laughs) somebody's name. So (laughs) yeah, that was not helpful at all. You you know what? You'll have Wikipedia on your phones. Figure it out yourself. Yeah. Right. The H is Uh, for something. And the M is also for something. That means something. Yes. Uh, Eric, what do you want to give to Dave? Uh, news and politics. I thought you were going to give me sports. Come on. Ooh. <laughs> we have our first 80s question. Okay. Gentleman right. Square. Oh. All right. Floxetine is an antidepressant of the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor class. It was discovered by Eli Lilly and company in 1972 and entered medical use in 1986 under what brand name? I'm pretty sure if I miss this, he will get this being a nurse. I am pretty sure he knows the generic names of things. Now, here's the thing. Fluxetine. I can spell that if you need it. I'm not sure. I'm... Is it F-L-U-X or F-L? F-L-U-O-X. O-X. Atine. Can you read the question one more time? Just I want to hear if you yep. said anything about it. Floxetine is an antidepressant of the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor class. It was discovered by Eli Lilly and company in 1972 and entered medical use in 1986 under what brand name? Okay. Um, so there's, I'm thinking it's either Zoloft or Prozac. And I think I was on this at one point. That's why. I think Prozac. I'm going to go with Prozac. Prozac is correct. 
Good job. Staying on your meds. And what are you going to give to Eric? Um, let's see here. Let's give him. Let's give him slang. Okay. It's the two thousands. Wow. Okay. In the 2000s, teenagers used what word to describe someone or something suspicious and not trustworthy? It had nothing to do with illustrations. Sketchy. Sketchy is correct. All right, moving along. Eric, what do you want to give to Dave? We've got movies, music, TV, toys and games, sports, and food. Food. Okay. And that is the 80s. Right. And another question from Ian Schultze. Thank you again, Ian. In the 80s, Captain Crunch had enemies. They were strange alien creatures that resembled blobs of milk. What were these enemies who threatened to soak your cereal? Oh my god, I have no idea. Didn't really care for Captain Crunch. Well, I don't care for you. Sorry, it would cut up the roof of my mouth. It's like, so it good. Was, it's worth it. Like, it's worth it's all like, of the pain. Slice up the so roof of my mouth every time. It's like, Grr. um, read it one more time. Let's see if maybe there's a hope sure. there's a clue in there somewhere. In the eighties, Captain Crunch had enemies. They were strange alien creatures that resembled blobs of milk. What were these enemies who threatened to soak your cereal? This is not a correct answer, but I'm going to go with the Lechadors. The Lechadors. Le Lechadors. Uh, that's really good, but that's not not correct. Uh, Mr. Eid, can you steal? I wish I, st I didn't. I wish it was earlier in the day because I had my Captain Crunch socks on today. So I, this is a sign, I guess, maybe. I don't know. But they were the Soggies. The Soggies. Oh. <laughs> yes, that is correct <laughs> to Dave's. Uh, frustrated noises. All right. He gets the steal. And what category do you want to give our current reigning champ? Uh, let's give him... Oh, I got to cross off food. Hold on. Um, let's give him... You like music or movies more? <laughs> Honestly, I like music better, but sure. Whatever. All right. Uh, music. Okay. <laughs> Mind games going on here. And we finally have a 60s question. Okay. Henry Mancini composed what song that was originally performed by Audrey Hepburn in the 1961 movie Breakfast at Tiffany's, winning an Academy Award for Best Original Song? See, you need to play. You get, I gave you a movies-style music question just to even it out. <laughs> Read that one more time for me, please. Mm -hmm. Henry Mancini composed what song that was originally performed by Audrey Hepburn in the 1961 movie Breakfast at Tiffany's, winning an Academy Award for Best Original Song? Between two songs? Ah. Moon, Moon River. Moon River is correct. Oh, wow. What was the other song? Uh, that's, I picked Moon River because I couldn't remember the exact title of the other one. <laughs> <laughs> it was some other song, you know, some word. All right, Eric, what do you want to give to Dave? Um, he can have movies. Okay. And it's the 50s. 
Hey, our first 50s question. Is no, it our first or it's our oh, second? No. Okay, my bad. Our second 50s question. Just as good. Better homes well, and gardens. Remember that right. one? That's right. All right, we've got a question from Chris Hasse. Thank you, Chris. The Trouble with Harry, The Man Who Knew Too Much, and The Wrong Man are three lesser-known movies from the 1950s that were all sandwiched between several cinema classics and all directed by which master British filmmaker? Oh, boy. Master British filmmaker. Any by a chance you could tell me what his masterpieces were? No. And, yeah. <laughs> I need I need Neil Fisher right now. Um I need to problem is I can't even really think of any British directors off the top of my head. This, this might this might be just be dumb because I don't even know, but did Cecil B. DeMille, was he a director? I'm gonna go with that. I don't even know, but I'm just gonna guess Cecil B. DeMille. See if that's anything. Cecil B. DeMille is a director, but not this director. Incorrect. Eric E, can you steal? I can't. Um can read it one more time. Mm-hmm. But I'm not optimistic. The Trouble with Harry, The Man Who Knew Too Much, and The Wrong Man are three lesser known movies from the nineteen fifties that are all sandwiched between several cinema classics. And all directed by which master British filmmaker? I have no idea. Alfred Hitchcock. Alfred Hitchcock is correct. No. Oh, my gosh. Yep. (laughs) I think he is known as the master of horror, I think uh, was his nickname. Mm -hmm. But mad props to our good friend Brian McClure, who would have known this one immediately. He's going through all of uh, Alfred Hitchcock's stuff. So. Uh, in between, so Dial in for Murder, Rear Window, Vertigo, and North by Northwest are the classics that were made in between those other ones uh, in the 50s as well. So, good pull. That's 100% name a British director. Nice. That's it. Well, it worked out for you. Uh, you got the steal, and now Dave has to give you a category. And left we have TV, Toys and Games, and Sports. Uh, TV. And it's the 2000s. Comedian Dennis Leary starred as New York firefighter Tommy Gavin in what FX drama running from 2004 to 2011? Wow. I can see it. No idea. No idea. I got to pass. I can't even. I can't. I have no idea. Okay. Doesn't have it. Dave, do you? Tommy Gavin, you say he started as what comedian dennis leary starred as new york firefighter tommy gavin in what fx drama running from 2004 to 2011 um oh uh rescue me rescue me is correct Ah. now dave gets the steal and uh eric yay (laughs) eric what category do you want to give him he gave sports i had a figure that was what's gonna happen And your decade is the 80s. Andy Kaufman is a recent inductee to the WWE Hall of Fame. And his journey all started back in 1982 when Kaufman began a feud with with uh, who and was uh, sorry. I'm going to start that over again. Andy Kaufman 
is a recent inductee to the WWE Hall of Fame. This all started back in 1982 when Kaufman began a feud with and was slapped by what kingly wrestler on Late Night with Dave Letterman. It's that. I've heard this. I think I've heard this on the Benchwarmers, maybe. I might. Yeah, is it Jerry Lawler? Lawler? I can't even understand his last name, but that. Jerry the King Lawler? Lawler? Yeah. Jerry the King Lawler is correct. That stupid podcast is going to bite me in the butt. I know. <laughs> hey, man. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that podcast. Montreal Expos. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I pay to that one too. I pay to that one as well. So I'm going to send a strongly worded email to the people I know over there. <laughs> All right, that's going to leave toys and games for Eric. And it is the fifties. In April 1948, Charles P. Lazarus founded a baby furniture retailer called Children's Bargain Town, which used a mascot named Doctor G. Raff. But in 1957, the focus of the store changed to children's dolls, games, and novelties. And over the years, the mascot dropped the MD, and the store changed its name to what? I was just there a month ago. I was at a Toys R Us in Canada. Because it's still there. I didn't think they existed anymore. It's still in Canada. I sent a picture to somebody holding my son by a Toys R Us. And uh, yeah, it's a Toys R Us. Yep. Yeah, Canada's like 10, 20 years behind. You know, the U.S. is just how it goes. Yeah. What's the, the, love it. I, I'm just is that kidding. The, if you ever watch uh, the, the How I Met Your Mother, there's that episode where she's like, why does it look like the 80s? It was yes, the 90s. Exactly. The 80s didn't get to Canada until the mid-90s. <laughs> like, exactly. we're dead up and everything. Exactly. And I love all of our Canadian listeners, of course. And yes, it is Toys R Us. All right. That is the end of round two. John. How are things looking? All right. Well, Eric was able to pull ahead, but it is by no means a blowout. Uh, he has 110, and Dave has 80. That's right. It absolutely can go any way, and it's all going to depend on what categories and decades go in. Eric, you're in the lead, so you get to pick first. Sports, please. Okay. I figured that. And it will be the 90s. Okay. And... Mr. Dave, what do you want to add into the final round? Let's do Bastion. Oh, throwing a curveball. Possibly. Maybe you're just a big fashion fan. And that will be the 80s. Okay. All right, gentlemen, we need you to write down your wagers based on 80s fashion and 90s sports. I'm ready. Uh, I wonder what you did. I wonder if you do normally what you do. <laughs> I don't like that. I have a reputation. <laughs> you do have a reputation. <laughs> Your reputation is you always bet it all. All right. Hold on one second. I'm trying to think what I want to do here. Uh, um, let's see here. All right. I'm ready. All right, gentlemen, we're going to start in our 90s sports. In the 1994 Lillehammer Winter Olympics, women's figure skating was wrought with drama well before the event began, thanks to Tanya Harding hiring men to attack Nancy Kerrigan. Harding placed eighth in the competition, competition, with Kerrigan taking home the silver. But what Ukrainian took home the gold? 
And our 80s fashion question. What Ecuadorian sports equipment manufacturing company was founded in 1981? The company runs for just over 42 kilometers and manufactures athletic sportswear to sports teams and athletes. You know, I picked fashion and not <laughs> get it. It'd maybe be something that's not in his wheelhouse. And you made it a sportswear fashion question? But it's, yeah, it's still fashion. That's still cool. All right. While our contestants are thinking about their answers, um, I want everyone out here to go check out the Blast from Our Past podcast. That is a podcast that John and I have been doing longer than any other podcast. Uh, we have put a lot of time and effort into it. And we've even had some friends uh, who started off listening to Throwback say, hey, you know what? I think Blast from Our Past is even better because we dive deep into 80s, 90s, 70s, different nostalgias of movies, TV, uh, music, top 10. Uh, we do a lot of fun stuff over there. So make sure you check out the Blast from Our Past podcast. All right. Do either of you need uh, one of those run or one of those uh, reread? I need the yeah, sportswear one again. Yeah, I was please fashion. Yep. Okay. What Ecuadorian sports equipment manufacturing company was founded in 1981? The company runs for just over 42 kilometers and manufactures athletic sportswear and sports teams. Or sorry, two sports teams and athletes. All right, I can lock in. Okay. I am not really sure on either of these. Okay, well, I got one in. Hold on, I'm thinking on the sportswear right now. Runs for 42 miles. Since you're locked in, I can talk out, like, or should I mute oh, myself? Oh, yeah, yeah, you can absolutely, if you, whatever okay. you want to do. I can say, I say you guys can talk it out anytime you want. I don't care. Runs for 42 miles. You said it runs for 42 miles. Is that what you said? Would you like me to reread the question? Yes. Sorry. What Ecuadorian sports equipment manufacturing company was founded in 1981? The company runs for just over 42 kilometers and manufactures athletic sportswear to sports teams and athletes. Give me uh, two minutes. I just got to run through some things in my head and then I'll, I won't make you wait that long. We'll be back in two and two. Magic potty baby, your bottle's all done At potty training time will be so much fun I help you with your training pants, you make me so proud Your potty feels like magic, then it flushes out loud It's fun to help Magic Potty Baby learn to use her potty Flush and you're ready for next time Magic Potty Baby, I'm so glad that you're mine Magic Potty Baby and her Magic Potty, no water, no mess, batteries not included all right, I'm locked in. All right. Mr. Dave, as you were behind, I'm very curious about your answers. What were your answers to the 90s sports and the 80s fashion questions? Uh, for the 90s sports, I have no idea, so I just try to think of anybody. I don't even know if this is a figure skater, but that sounds Ukrainian, and I think it might be. And that's Brian Boyd. No, I was kidding. It's not Brian Boyd. But it's, uh, <laughs> I said Oksana Bayul. I don't know if that's actually... I don't even know what that's a gym. That might even be a gymnast. I don't know. And then I did uh 5950 for the sportswear. Okay. And Mr. Ede, what were your answers to our nineties sports and eighties fashion questions? Uh, the, the figure skater is Oksana Bayul. Um, no way. And the, 
I picked up on the hint. I did not know this company was from Ecuador, um, but the hint was 42 kilometers, which is the equivalent of around 26 miles, which is a marathon. So I also went with marathon. And the answers. The Ukrainian gold medal winner, winning uh, figure skater is Oksana Bayul. And the Ecuadorian sports company that runs for just over 42 kilometers is Marathon. Marathon Sports. Never even heard of that. The drama is a little bit sucked out of the game, but I do want to know the final scores. Uh, Dave, what did you wager? I wager 31. Okay. And Mr. Ede? I, I didn't do what I normally do. I wagered 91. 91. All right. John, please math us up and let us know who won. Well, we already know who won, but do you know? (laughs) (laughs) With the final score of 201 to 49, Eric is moving on in the tournament. Yeah, he is uh, probably our most time winner of our two hundo club that we are officially starting. Mm -hmm. We're going to maybe send you a sticker is what we talked about before. (laughs) You talked about it. I talked about it, but you know, hey. Congrats again to the two hundo club. That was well earned. That was well fought. That was tough. Eric, good game. Dave, really good game as well. Uh, we will be talking to Eric later on as he will be taking on Cheyenne Fletcher in uh, round two of the tournament. Uh, that'll be a very good matchup, no doubt. But Dave, unfortunately, this is your end of your round for your first tournament that you made to but that's fantastic your first your first main episode is a tournament episode that's pretty cool right it was awesome so so yeah now's the time that you can uh, spout out anything you want if you want to give us some more wine hints i think that's absolutely fair i'd love them sure thank you so much for letting me come on uh i look forward to doing a regular episode where i don't have to face against uh eric uh when I saw the when I saw the bracketing, I was wondering if I did something wrong in my play-in and why I got put against him right off the bat. I was like, I thought it was because I missed their first recording. I was like, maybe he's like pissed off that I because I didn't know it was an Eastern time, so I didn't show up on time because I thought it was Central time, so I missed it by an hour. I was like, I think he's getting back at me by doing that. But I'm glad how well I hanged in there and it was a lot of fun. Uh, but uh, as far as wine tips. Um, a really good one that I think is uh, obviously champagne is amazing. It's probably the best thing in the world. I love champagne. It's delicious, but it's very expensive. So if you ever want to drink really, really good bubbles, but pay about half the price, buy anything from France called Cremant. So Cremant. Uh, so basically when they make it like champagne, but it's not from the champagne region, they call it Cremant de wherever the hell it's from. So you have like Cremant de Bourguignon, Cremant de Alsace, Cremant de Lemieux, Cremant de Loire. This just means that they're different parts of the France that is not champagne, but same style, bottle fermentation, really bright, and it'll usually be about 25 to 30 a bottle versus about 70 to $80 a bottle. Nice. And then if you don't want to spring that much, drink cava. Spanish cava, that's the cheap buy. That's the one you get for the bubble for the friends that is still good. Spanish cava, you can get it for like 12, 15 bucks. You can get some really, really good stuff. And they also do it just like champagne, champagne method. So that gets you the brighter, crisper, great bubbles. Stay away from cheap Prosecco. It sucks. It's sweet. <laughs> and if you only, if you really want to drink Prosecco, only drink it from the Valdobbiadene. And that is a region within Prosecco where it's higher. So it gets drier. It gets really good acid, right? That's the only Prosecco that I will drink now at this point. That's uh, just, just a quick, <laughs> quick bubbles tips. And you'll, you can impress. I feel like he wins. I, he should just take my <laughs> yes, spot. That was fantastic. 
yeah. He's at least <laughs> helping our our other listeners, you know, save some money, you know, with their wallets and, and buying good stuff still. What have you done for them, Eric? Yeah. Nothing. Um, I went to Toys R Us in Canada. I supported the Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> I supported the Canadian Toys R Us. Yeah. It's staying it's around because like... of me. But um, I have more tips, but I mean, I figured yeah. this might go on too long, so. We'll definitely make sure to keep asking you because uh, I love hearing all about it. So, all right, everybody, thank you so much for Dave, for Eric, for John, and for me. This was another episode of Throwback Trivia Takedown. Thank you for listening to Throwback Trivia Takedown. If you want to support the podcast or if you'd like to be a contestant, go to patreon.com forward slash throwback trivia takedown and pick a tier that's right for you. If you want to submit questions, you can email them to throwbacktriviatakedown at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on your preferred podcast platform. We'll see you next time when two new contestants go head-to-head in nostalgic knowledge on Throwback Trivia Takedown. La la. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la.